SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Power number two of our two-hour extravaganza. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in on this Wednesday morning, two minutes past the hour, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Busy hour number two, as we always have. Uh, we got our opposite picks coming up. We got some trends coming up. We got some more picks coming up. We got a little uh, uh, college football slash NFL talk with the draft being tomorrow. And uh, we got uh, our draft guy that's going to step in here in a little bit and uh, hopefully break down some of the picks that uh, we expect to see uh, come uh, tomorrow. That's uh, college to pro.com's Bo Marciante. He used to join me all the time uh, when I was uh, down uh, the uh, hallway, we'll say here, on uh, Sirius XM. So he's been willing to get up early this morning and join us uh, and then talk a little NFL draft. So that's that's coming up as well. And then maybe, just maybe, a time for some phone calls, 844-843-6879. So let's hop right to it, shall we? No YouTube today. Having a little uh, issue again today with the YouTube, not our fault. Uh, be patient. Hopefully we'll have that up and running again tomorrow. NBA yesterday. We'll start uh, on the courts. Uh, Thunder beat the Celtics at 119-115. Horrible loss for Boston. Uh, just no Jason Tatum. I get that. No Kemba Walker, but no excuse either. You can't lose to a team that had lost uh, 14 in a row, 1-16, and playing for absolutely nothing. I mean, they literally won one game in a month, and they go into Boston, and they beat the Celtics. Oh, just a horrible, horrible loss. Bucks rally late, beat the Hornets 114-104. They get the cover. That was a close game. You got real life. You're laying the nine, nine and a half on that one. You got real lucky. Uh, as the Bucks had no business winning that one by double digits, but they did. Uh, Jail Blazers go into Indiana, beat up the Pacers. That was the strange line, 133-112. Uh, Portland, despite having lost five in a row, Pacers, uh, you know, having a nice little run there, winning a couple in a row. And I, I thought when I did the opposite picks the day before, sometimes the lines aren't out, but I see the matchups and I, and I like them. So I was doing Portland. And then when the lines came out yesterday morning, Portland was a five-point favorite. I'm like, wow, that's a five-point favorite for a team that has lost five in a row and they're on the road. That line made no sense, right? And then later on... Uh, in the day, the line goes up to five and a half. That is like the just the absolute quintessential go opposite play. It, it, it really is. You know, when you have um, a line that you think that stinks to begin with, and then it gets even stinkier, if we should say, uh, that's the that's the telltale sign. Follow that line as hard as it is. I couldn't do it. I couldn't pull the trigger, but. Lo and behold, they win by 21. How do they know? I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, but somehow they did. Nets beat the Raptors 116-103 as Brooklyn clinches a playoff spot, as we figured they would do, obviously. They take over first place. Well, they actually were in first place, but they now lead by a game and a half over Philadelphia. And uh, the Nets, uh, not a great game for Durant. Uh, did have 17 points and 10 rebounds. Uh, Kyrie only had, what, nine points it was. So, you know, the big three only, or, you know, well, well the big three, Harden didn't play. Uh, you know, you only got 26 points out of Durant and um, 
and Kyrie, and yet you still win by 13. They get the cover. Boy, I did like that line a lot. That was only five yesterday. And and thinking about it, you know, sometimes it takes like a day for some of this stuff to kind of sink in. But that Nets team with, you know, you just don't know who's playing. That's the problem. Scott Wetzel sitting in, uh, just getting underway, hour number two, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time, breaking it all down. Bo Marcianti from uh, college2pro.com will join us, do some NFL draft talk here in a minute. So I want to zip through some of this stuff. Uh, you know, sometimes it takes like, a, you know, half a day for, for lines to sink in. And and without knowing for sure who's playing and who's not playing, uh, and then when I found out that KD and Kyrie were both playing, and the Nets are a five only point favorite over Toronto, what I did the Nets could beat Toronto blindfolded for goodness sakes. That was an easy win. Uh, TT Cubs beat the uh, Rockets 114-107. That was our best play of the day. Minnesota's now won three in a row. And with, um, you know, D'Angelo Russell added to that team, he's been back now for a couple of games. They're actually a halfway decent team, and we all know the Rockets are pathetic. And then maybe the most embarrassing performance outside of that Boston loss, Warriors lose at home to the Dallas 133-103. They're outscored by Dallas in between the first and second periods 28 to nothing. Yeah, Dallas had a 28-0 run. I never thought I'd ever see a team with Steph Curry playing, as he did last night, get outscored 28 straight points. I mean, wow. Luka with 39. Porzingis, you know what? Let me just double check. Uh, Yeah, Porzingis didn't even play because of his ankle sprain. And you still lost by 30 points at home. Brutal. Just brutal. Uh, NHL Florida Panthers uh, clinch a playoff spot. Uh, nice win on the road uh, as they beat Nashville 7-4, outscoring them 4-zip in the final period. Bruins win 3-1 over Pittsburgh. Uh, Rangers did beat Buffalo 3-1 to to complete our 16 parlay. Nice $700 winner that we outlined in our number one. Uh, but the, the Bruins win. They maintain a four-point lead over the Rangers with now six to play for the final playoff spot in the East. Islanders, uh, or excuse me, Capitals, one nothing over the Islanders. The Devils beat the Flyers. Good gravy, that Flyer team. Devils had lost 10 in a row. Think about this. Think about a daily double. The Flyers have lost to the New Jersey Devils when the Devils had lost 10 in a row and the Buffalo Sabres. Remember when the Sabres had that 18-game losing streak? They beat the Flyers to snap that streak. Good gravy. You talk about it. Embarrassing if you're a Flyers fan. Wow. NFL Draft Talk coming up next. Bo Marchiante from college2pro.com will join us here on a Wednesday morning. Scott Wetzel, Sirius XM Channel 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on SportsGrid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. All right, hour number two, we are underway, 12 minutes past the hour. We'll put the baseball and the uh, NHL and NBA aside for a second. Let's talk a little NFL draft as we have the draft finally, finally here. 
Uh, although one more day, I shouldn't say it's actually here. But we got one more day tomorrow night. Uh, day number one of our little three-hour extravaganza with the draft here. It's kind of goofy. But let's do some uh, college draft talk, NFL talk. As uh, we welcome in a guy who used to join us all the time when I was uh, down the dial uh, working for that other channel. Uh, he is uh, the host of a podcast and a great website, College 2, the numeral 2, college2pro.com. Uh, our good buddy Bo Marchianti to the program. What's up, Bo? Long time no speak. How you doing this morning? I'm great, Scott. Good morning to you. And, yeah, it's an exciting time. I mean, I've always loved the draft, so it's, I'm fortunate enough to cover it. And uh, it's like Christmas uh, in April, if you will. Tomorrow's going to be a fun day. <laughs> Yeah, it, it should be. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just this year, maybe with the COVID situation and being locked up. But I, I know every year we, we anticipate it and we talk about it. It just seems excessive this year. It seems like we've been talking about this draft for two months, like it's going to happen the very next day. So uh, personally, it's like, thank goodness. I'm sick and tired. I'm a Dolphin fan, as you, as you know. Uh, I, I don't know what they're doing. I don't care anymore. Just get it done and be done with it. I'm tired of all the speculating, to tell you the truth. <laughs> Yeah, it does. It does get to a point where you're tired of hearing who's better, Justin Fields or Mac Jones, or you know how you know will Trevor Lawrence be a franchise quarterback? And you know we there's so many things that start to come out now. You know, like the epilepsy news with Justin Fields, and I texted some prominent agents in the business when that came out, and I was like, is this you know how does this bypass the combine? And I know they didn't have the combine, but they did fly 150 of the top prospects in Annapolis. Justin Fields was one of those, and it's a thorough, thorough, thorough examination of these young men. So for it to come out now, sort of like that bad Wonderlick-type test, and two of the three agents, predominant agents, agencies, if you will, they said that was probably from a team. And, you know, their, their plan with, in hopes would probably be the, if they could push Justin Fields down the, that draft board and maybe they, you know, they were able to acquire him. So I call it the biggest poker game ever played the NFL draft. You can't trust anybody, anything that's told to you. You can't believe it, and you just have to watch things unfold as each pick comes off the board. Yeah, that kind of reminds me, Bo, remember Vinny Testaverde when they found out? I, actually, I don't even know if this was actually true and everything you said and done when they said he was colorblind. Like, it, they were trying to reason why he was throwing all the interceptions in his first year with Tampa Bay. It's like, well, how did that not come out? I mean, how does a guy have epilepsy and nobody, whether it was at Ohio State or any of these others, is it not really true? I mean, it is true. We acknowledge it. But, I mean, how does something like that not be revealed with all these so-called insiders doing all this great research and all these connections that they supposedly have? Yeah, that, like I said, Scott, when, I, when that news came out, I was like, wow, this is, this is one of those typical draft stories that kind of wants to, you know, I think play the guy down the board, if you will, and, and right. cause some you know, hesitation if you're a team. And, you know, now you've got to research and go back to the books. But very, very, you know, weird this close to the draft that that type of news is going to break, especially being a combine kid. I mean, you know, other guys try to gather as much information, but these guys specifically, I mean, it is a thorough, thorough, thorough. I mean, really the, the, the medical exam is the biggest part of the combine. I mean, they love the numbers. But they definitely want to make sure that, you know, everything's in place and you're going to be ready to go if they're going to invest a pick in you. Well, you've been in this game a long time, Bo Marciani from college2pro.com. Um, I'm not, but who cares what I think, that sold on Trevor Lawrence, believe it or not. I know I'm in the minority here, but are you, what are the pros, cons, and, you know, where, you know how if you think he's going to be good, are we talking like one of the all-time greats like we hear some guys say, or is he just going to be, you know, a good quarterback, not great? Your, your thoughts on Trevor Lawrence? 
Yeah, you know, I kind of reside in your neck of the woods on that. Yeah, I'm. You know, there's been a lot of you know Andrew Luck. I thought he was going to be fantastic coming out, and he kind of had the same reputation as a once in a generational type prospect. I, you know, there's just things I'm just not in awe of Trevor Lawrence, and you know, I mean, he's proclaimed he's like the Messiah of quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks right now, and he, he has been. You know, the, the things, you know, I look at the one Alabama loss in the championship game. That game always just haunts me. It was a game where he just never looked like he had any, a play that really would make a difference, uh, a, a, an, you know, an energy about him. The things I like about him is Urban Meyer, he's, he, he got off the couch, Scott, to take this job. If Trevor Lawrence isn't there, he's not getting back in the coaching, especially in the National Football League. And I, I have no, you know, insider information on that, but I'm just, as a personal hunch, I'm convinced of that. And that's how good evaluators think Trevor Lawrence can be. And the one thing about Meyer, we know back in his days when he was at Utah, what he was able to do with Alex Smith. And I know the Ohio State quarterbacks have lacked a lot of luster at the next level, but collegiately their numbers are off the charts. So I think the success will, will kind of reside in, his combo with, with Meyer and under his tutelage, how far they can take it. So I do like that aspect of it, but I, again, you know, a lot of these guys come out, usually I'm a lot more excited, but on the flip side of that, I thought Paxton Lynch was going to be a great quarterback and he was an absolute flop. So, yeah, you know, who am I to say? Yeah. So, you know, and that's so like everybody. And these, yeah. But you know, the good thing, we're not being paid, and we're not investing millions and millions of dollars and having scouts roam all over the country. I mean, NFL teams make the mistakes as well as any fan, anyone in the media who's evaluating these guys. And they could be a little bit brighter. They know a lot more about us, but that also coincides with when they pull these guys off the board and they're epic failures, they can only point to themselves when it's dead. So, you know, we don't know who's going to really make it. But I do, you know, I'm not, like you said, I'm not over the moon with Trevor Lawrence. I don't think he's going to be a bust. I even think of Deshaun Watson. I mean, you think of another Clemson quarterback. It's just, I mean, you could say, you know, Deshaun Watson's a top five quarterback in the league. And I, it's just hard for me to imagine that Trevor Lawrence can be that good, especially with two guys coming out so soon. But we will see. Time, time will tell. How about Mac Jones? I, I'm not uh, necessarily sold on him either, Alabama quarterback. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, Mac Jones – I, I do like him. You know, I don't know about the superstar label, you know, but the, the you know, there's a, there's a saying, you know, you'd rather have your quarterback be quick minded than quick footed. And, and I think Mac Jones is that type of individual where, you know, um, you know, he's, he's very, very accurate. You, you know, accuracy is such an underrated thing when we talk about quarterbacks and you know, we talk about arm strength and, you know, mobile and you do need to be mobile in today's NFL, but you know, accuracy is the key and, you know, the throwing mechanics, those are, intricate parts to go into that position where, you know, if a guy's under duress, which he wasn't a lot in Alabama, neither basically are any of these quarterbacks we're talking about. I mean, even Trey Lance in North Dakota State. I mean, that is a powerhouse program at D2 football. So, you know, these guys were all at great programs. Um, you know, I, I, I hope he succeeds. I mean, I think, I think you're thinking like a Derek Carr type prospect, which is not a bad thing. I mean, you know, there's, there's points when, you know, a couple of years when they were in Oakland, the Derek Carr was considered, you know, you know that team was an up and coming team. He was the premier young quarterback, and you now he's at, at points he's a top fifteen type quarterback, which is not a bad thing. But you know, everybody's chasing that, you know, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning type guy, and uh, I don't know if he can be that. But at the end of the day, I still think he's going to be a good quarterback. What about Justin Fields? 
You know, these I, I hate getting stuck with, but, you know, I, I think of Steve Spurrier back in the day with Danny Warfall and uh, Rodell Anthony, all these, Jacques Green, these receivers who came out, the quarterbacks that played there, that system was so phenomenal. You know, and I think that goes back to Ryan Day and Meyer. That that Buckeyes offense and what they do in Columbus, these quarterbacks are just, you know, they're just, you know, astonishingly good. They're statistically insane. That's, you know, when you watch these guys. But, you know, you think of Cardell Jones and uh, JT Barrett. Dwayne Haskins was a complete bust. I mean, you know, 12 prior. The list goes on. That's why I, I, I'm hesitant, just not – because of Justin Fields, just because of the system, you know, we can get lost in that mix. But I, I think the upside of Justin Fields, I like more than the other quarterbacks. But I also think he has the biggest phosphorus just because of the history of Ohio State. I mean, he, no. you could kind of think of a Cam Newton type. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say, hold on to that thought. we got to take a break. I'm going to come back to that because I, I've said that. If he played for any other team, I think he'd be ranked a little bit higher. But just getting in the way, Bo Marciani, CollinsPro.com. More coming up. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Opposite picks on this Wednesday morning, 25 past the hour, hour number two of our two-hour extravaganza. Uh, we'll do our opposite picks, uh, normal 640 time. Talking a little NFL draft with Bo Marciante from College 2, the numeral 2, pro.com. Great website. He's got an NFL draft podcast central there. Uh, he's covered the Pittsburgh Steelers forever. He's got a lot of Steeler talk there as well and all the uh, NFL draft prospects and breakdown and the mock draft and everything else. And, Bo, when we last left you, we were talking to the NFL quarterbacks uh, or you know, college quarterbacks that are going to the NFL. And ultimately, you know, FanDuel's got a prop. They, they got a total of, of four and a half. Um, you know, I, I think as many as six actually could go in the first round. But how many quarterbacks ultimately do you think will be taken in the first round tomorrow night? Yeah, I think with the numbers five, I think you have to think Lawrence, uh, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, and then Trey Lance and Justin Fields. Trask is that guy from Florida who possibly could sneak in. Um, the Baltimore or the Baltimore Ravens have those two late picks. You know, um, they just acquired the thirty-first off the Chiefs. So, um, if a quarterback needy team would kind of slot into that sixth spot, you'd say if that sixth quarterback comes in. It would probably be Kyle Trask, and I would look at the Ravens being the team just because they have those two. What I think twenty-seven and thirty-one, they pick in the first or in the drafts in the first round. So I would look at that being the team. But right now, I would say five is your safe bet. Hmm. You, you think the Ravens? What would they be? Uh, what kind of message would that be sending to Lamar Jackson, or is that just to have a, a, a backup? Oh, oh no! I'm saying that they would drop out of that first round. Oh, That's okay, okay. Saying. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm saying they were dropping out of that spot, and you know, if there's a team before they want to get to Friday night in that second round, if there's a team, you know, jockey for position, sneak into that 31st pick and snag a Kyle Trask, and then you know, you kind of got your quarterback leaving day one. Is is he better on on your board than uh, Kelly Mond? You know, who I'm not a big fan of. I'm not at all, but uh, just I've seen his name be thrown out there quite a bit. Yeah, I think Kyle Trask is a, you know, I'm always, you know, I, I work with so many smaller school kids, and not that Florida's a small school kid, but I do do always try to trend to try 
you know, when I look, I always think value, you know, like, can you get a guy, you know, can you get a Jimmy Garoppolo in the second round rather than, you know, use a first round pick on a Paxton Lynch. So, you know, I like Kyle Trask and, you know, I think he has good upside. You know, all these guys have it right now, but, you know, he has the size. I mean, that's a big plus. Um, you know, he can do a lot of things. David Mill, the Stanford quarterback, um, he's another guy to watch. Limited experience at Stanford. But, you know, he's got a real good draft buzz about him. I will say this, Scott, I, I think uh, uh, day two, I think Trask and David Mills, um, Davis Mills, I'm sorry, those should be your two quarterbacks coming off the board, second or third round. Um, and then I think, you you know, you'll have that, you know, that gap. I don't, I don't think there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks taken in that second and third round. You're going to have to wait till Saturday when the final, uh, you know, four, five, six, and seven come off the board. You know, I, I told uh, listeners, Bo, you, you got to be if you're going to bet this stuff, you got to be prepared to lay the wood because everything <laughs> seems to be the obvious. But you know, will there be a running back taken in the first round, or at least the over under is a half? So, but you have to lay minus three sixty. It's like wow, total <laughs> wide receivers. You know, I, I could probably give you five, but you got to lay minus three fifty over four and a half. Do you see, you know, is there a second tight end drafted in the first round? Probably not, but then you got to lay minus 650, you know, after you get through pits. It's like, who wants to do that stuff? Do you see any one of those where we, we could get maybe no first round draft choice for a running back? Maybe only four wide receivers. I, I can't imagine that happening, but maybe. Is there a second tight end that might actually be drafted in the first round? Yeah, I mean, that Pat Firemuth would probably be the second tight end. I'd be. I'd be a head scratcher if he came off the board tomorrow night in Cleveland. Uh, you know, receiver wise, when I did my mock draft, I had six. I think I had you know uh, Waddle, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Rashad Bateman, Elijah Moore, the old Mississippi is a hot name. Um, Kadarius Tony, the Florida receiver. So I, I think, and I think that you know Rondell Moore, the uh, Purdue kid. You know, you could probably get possibly seven receivers. This is a defensive class. The DBs are deep. The defensive line is very lean. There's not much that you know to think about there. So you know you're going to have a couple linebackers and DBs off the board, but you're going to be basically absent of those defensive interior guys. And these guys here in this draft are more of you know your edge, you know almost your hybrid type three four, you know uh, you know outside linebacker types. But at the end of the day, I think receivers definitely going to go over. And the running back situation, you know, I think Najee Harris is going to be a first round back and I wouldn't be surprised and, and when I did my mock drafts um we did a couple even during the podcast with you know others where we were taking the picks off the board and we keep fi- finding ourselves Najee Harris the Alabama kid and Travis Etienne Clemson we kept finding those two guys coming off the boards I think Buffalo's a real sleeper team for the running back position I, I don't know if Najee Harris is going to make it to their pick um, late there in the first round, but I think that would be a guy. And then the Steelers, we know, are needy for a running back. In my mock, I have him going to uh, the New York Jets. or uh, I'm sorry, the Miami Dolphins. With their second one, I have them kind of just adding. I have them uh, taking uh, Jalen Waddle into the, with their first, and then I have them taking uh, Najee Harris. So, you know, I, I did some numbers, just not the – but, uh, you know, their leading rusher, Scott, of all time for the Miami Dolphins is is Larry Zonka. He played Zonka. from 68 yeah. to 74. <laughs> So, I mean, you think about, you know, the decades of football that have been played in Miami and, yeah. you know, your leading rusher has 6,500 yards. That's 71st best in NFL history. So it, wow. it's time for Miami to address that position, and I think Najee Harris could be the guy to do it. 
That is amazing. And he didn't even play his whole career. I remember he left for the WFL. Yeah. You remember yeah. that way back when. So why why uh, Harris over ATN? Well, why a lot of people have that. Uh, I'm curious as to why uh, Najee versus Travis. Well, I, I mean, for me personally, I mean, when you look at all the ideal running backs, you're going to look at 5'11", 5'10", 225. And Najee Harris happens to be, you know, six foot 230. Um, so I always look at that. It, it resonates with what teams really want out of their backs. You know, Travis Etienne is about 5'10", 5'11", 195. And if you go across the NFL, you know, boards and look at backs in the league, it, you, you're not going to find a lot of that height weight dynamic. And people would be like, well, it's height weight, but – it is what it is. It's it's one of those little intricate, you know, pieces to the running back position that a lot of people kind of just miss. And it, you know, but at the end of the day, they're a different type of back. I mean, Travis Etienne is such an extension of the passing game. You know, both these guys came back; they could have left early. Najee Harris going into this draft, particularly, you're you're looking at you know he was considered like the third or fourth best back. You know, Chuba Hubbard, the Oklahoma State kid, you know, he was the big name along with HN, but, you know, uh, Hubbard's kind of fell off that board. And then when you look at Harris, when he comes back, he just has such a phenomenal season in that Alabama offense. And that really catapulted him to, I think, that part where, you know, he could be the top back. Some view him as the top back along with ATN. For me, I, I like that more traditional running back style, and I think he brings it. He's a guy that I can be, a, you know, you can be your workhorse and he can catch out of the backfield. Maybe not as lethal as Travis Etienne is in terms of the ball in his hands in open space. But, uh, you know, a lot of people I have to, well, I shouldn't say a lot, but one person I talk to that I respect a lot, he, he's in, and this is why, you know, the Steelers needed a running back at 24, but he just said his style, and he was old enough to watch both play in their primes. Well, we, I think we both are, but he said Franco Harris is, you know, Najee Harris is a, you know, dead, you know, thought image of Franco Harris and the way he played the game. So it's just something to think about on draft night, and especially if he uh, lands in Pittsburgh, a team that is rumored to be very, very interested in a running back in the first round. Where does uh, Jalen Waddle go? And and, uh, where do you – do you hold his uh, 165 pounds soaking wet against them as much as uh, maybe some others do? Well, I I think that Smith is the the lightest of the three. And, and, uh, you know, I I, I think, you know, there's a how – Although Alabama receivers are good, you know, you just got to go kind of off, you know, Marvin Harrison, uh, Isaac Bruce, those guys are about 170 soaking wet. So, you know, I think Waddle and Smith, uh, you know, hopefully they they pan out. I mean, Alabama's had a pretty good run. You know, Calvin Ridley's fantastic, Julio Jones, a whole different type of specimen in terms of height, weight, and speed. I mean, Julio Julio Jones is a special, special guy, and we know that. But, you know, Calvin Ridley's been able to come out, and, you know, Alabama's done a good job. They have a good track record of these, you know, top-notch receivers going high in the draft and panning out. And I always think that's a, you know, look at, look at Lincoln Kennedy, what he's been able to the quarterback's position. Very rarely do we see, you know, quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts, and all the kind of, you know, these guys come out and have this type of success in a system. I mean, think about all the collegiate quarterbacks that we've seen come out. I mean, think back in the day with Chip Kelly and the Oregon Ducks and, you know, the quarterbacks that they would put out, all flops. It wasn't until Justin Herbert kind of turned around that trend. And prior to that, you go to back go back to Dan Fouts. So, you know, it's just weird. But I, I think uh, looking at those, those guys, you know, I think it's just something that, you know, I, I think these guys can be good receivers at the next level. I, I, I kind of prefer Devonta Smith a little bit more over Waddle. I just think, you know, when you saw what he had, what, 12 catches, 215, something like that, three touchdowns against yeah, Ohio State, and a half. I mean, it was insane. Yeah. So I just think that that type of production, 
on the b- biggest, grandest stage against the you know top five powerhouse in college football and the Buckeyes. And I mean, it, it looked like you were watching a high school game where you know one team was in another division and the other one was in another. It was it was pretty impressive. Got about a minute left, Bo. Uh, over under on FanDuel, 18 and a half offensive players. I, I can't come up with the under 18. I, I, what was your mock draft? Did you get to 19 offensive players? I did get to 19. Yep. I, I was uh, this morning, I was having coffee, and I'm like, you know, looking at the notes, and I start counting them down. And I think that could even go higher. You know, I think I was yeah, a right. little. Yeah, a little lean on, you know, like Creed Humphrey, the Alabama center. You know, those are the guys that find their ways into the first round. You know, we, you know, I, I do it myself. You, you know, you see all these big names and the big positions. But, you know, I don't have Creed Humphrey going in the first round. But I, on the flip side of that, Scott, I would, I would be shocked if he's not a first rounder. Bo, great job as always. It's a great website, College2, the numeral 2 pro.com. He's got the, the mock draft. He's got his uh, weekly podcast up there. He's got the NFL draft podcast up there. Always a pleasure, my friend. You take care of yourself, and uh, we'll check it again for sure down the line. Yes, sir. Stay safe, my man. You got it. Bo Marshanti from collegeofpro.com. Opposite picks coming up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Yeah, LLs know what that music means. Time to take out your pad and pencils and get set for the fastest and more importantly, most profitable five minutes in radio, Opposite Picks. What are Opposite Picks, you newbies ask? Well, we give you five, six, seven games a night, five, six, seven thousand reasons why we like one team, and then we go opposite. Why? Because despite all the stats, trends, hunches, injury reports, weather reports, and everything else, nobody but nobody beats the boys in Vegas. Three and three yesterday, maintaining our 15 games over 500 record, 212 winners, 197 losers with one push. We got a six-pack of winners for you tonight. We'll start in the NBA. Cleveland laying two versus Orlando. Clearly, this is an anti-Orlando play, not a pro-Cavaliers play. Cleveland doesn't know if they're coming or going. I get it. Kevin Love is lost. Team stinks and is uh, so far out of a playoff spot, it's not worth finishing out the season. So I play them. Well, because as bad as Cleveland is, Orlando is even worse. Magic have lost 12 of 13, going 3 and 10 against the spread in the process. Nine of those 12 losses have come by double digits. We only have to lay two at home, no less, for Cleveland. I mean, if the Cavaliers, the Cadavers, can't win this game by double digits, then I don't know what's going on. Love Cleveland. Basically, pick them at home. Give me Orlando plus the two. Pick number two. Denver laying four versus New Orleans. I don't know what this Nuggets team has to do to prove that it can win without Jamal Murray, but they are still getting low numbers with the boys at FanDuel in Vegas, even at home. Laying only four tonight? Denver's 26-5 its last 31 games. 5-0 and since Murray went out. Michael Porter Jr. has picked up the scoring slack. He's really been the man, not, not the, the joker. 
Pelicans are playing for pride, and if they had any, they wouldn't be playing for uh, a pride. They'd be playing for a playoff spot. So don't think that they're going to rally to the cause. They stink, uh, but uh, they remain overvalued. Why? Because of Zion Williamson, who Charles Oakley called a dog this past week. What a mope. Uh, that all said, I love Denver laying just four at home. Give me New Orleans plus the four. Pick number three, Utah laying nine at Sacramento. Well, uh, one thing we learned this past week, Utah can't beat Minnesota, but they can beat everybody else. Jazz 0-3 versus the Teacups this year, 44-14 versus the rest of the league, including 1-0 against the Queens. I'm guessing the Jazz still won't have Donovan Mitchell tonight. He's out with an ankle injury. No matter. They have way too much pride not to come out on fire after back-to-back losses to putrid Minnesota, oh, by the way. It's a big number, and it's on the road, but I'm I'm going with Utah laying the nine. I think uh, the Jazz come out strong tonight and win this one by double digits. Give me Sacramento plus the nine. Pick number four, Knicks laying five and a half versus Chicago. Well, the question is, was the Knicks bubble burst after their 10-game win streak was snapped by Phoenix Monday night? I don't think so. They're a mentally tough team. You're not going to win every game. Key here is that the last game, this is the last game of a homestand for the Knicks before they embark on a monster make-or-break six-game West Coast road trip. They do not want to head off on that trip on a two-game losing streak. Gives them a little extra incentive to want to win tonight. Also, Tom Thibodeau's one of his former teams, Chicago Bulls, gives the Knicks team a little bit more extra incentive to want to win tonight. Bulls are quirky. You know, win when they think they're going to lose, lose when you think they're going to win. So who knows what kind of effort you're going to get at Chicago. But I'm going to go with the hometown Knickerbockers, who are still 12-1 against the spread their last 13 games. Yeah, give me Chicago plus the five and a half. Pick number five. We'll go to the ice. NHL. Great game later on tonight. Las Vegas laying a buck 30 versus Colorado. Showdown between these two West Powers. I'm going to grab the home team, Vegas, as they have one of the best home records in the league at 18 and 6. Colorado's only 13 and 9 on the road this year. Series even, 2 2, or 3 3. Both have won on the opposing team's home ice. Both are playing great, but Vegas is playing a little bit, a little bit better. Nine in a row, as a matter of fact, uh, they've won. And you know what we say here. Winners bet with streaks, losers bet against streaks. Got to play Vegas tonight. Give me Colorado plus the 110. Pick number six, baseball. Now, this one was upset a little bit because the Giants did lose last night. But you know what? No matter. Still love San Francisco laying a buck 50 versus Colorado. Rockies are making a strong run for being the worst team in baseball, or at least the National League. They're 9-14 overall, 1-7 on the road. They got their first road win last night. Good grief. They've scored 18 runs in those eight road games. They're getting outscored 46-18 in those games. Yikes. 1-4 versus San Francisco, being outscored 28-11 in those games. Double yikes. I mean, what kind of moat, moron, muttonhead, meathead, mush, bird brain, basket case, blowhard, dunce, dork, dope, fool, twit, jackass, and the world is putting American money on the Rockies on the road. Uh, give me Colorado plus the 130. Our opposite picks. NBA we start with. We're going to go with Orlando plus two at Cleveland. New Orleans plus four at Denver. 
Sacramento plus nine versus Utah. Chicago plus five and a half against the Knicks. On the ice, Avalanche, Colorado plus 110 at Las Vegas. And uh, we'll make it a Colorado daily double. Give me the uh, Rockies plus 130 at San Francisco in Major League Baseball. Opposite picks for this Wednesday, April 28th. All right, we'll post those on the website. Again, 4-4 four and four yesterday as uh, we ran that down before. And uh, 212 and 197. Not bad. Cha-ching, cha-ching. All right, let's wrap up uh, with uh, things that we normally do uh, this time of the show. Our 16 parlay, we told you earlier, we won with the Rangers uh, beating Buffalo. So cha-ching, cha-ching. Not a huge winner, but a winner just the same, plus 743. So our 16 parlay, and I'm getting emails all the time. You know what we have? have to do because FanDuel unfortunately as far as I know doesn't offer these open parlays we, we got to start a petition for FanDuel they're good people over there I know they listen to the program and we have to have them have these open parlay they have everything else right they got 50 zillion teasers and props and all kind of play you can bet on highlight I mean you can I don't know about highlight but you can bet on anything right we have to an open team parlay is not that crazy so we have to get them to uh, allow that uh, let, let's start a, a, a petition, a movement, if you will, right here on the morning show. So, uh, because I do get a ton of emails every day. Where can I get that? Where can I get that? Where can I get that? So we, we got to have FanDuel to keep our customers happy. So we hit on uh, with the Rangers last night. That completed it. We won 743. We're now 2-9, and nine, but for 3596 bucks. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Did lose number 11 because we started a new one last night as well. Uh, with the dopey Flyers who lost to the Devils, so we're two and nine for that. That's okay. We're gonna start another one tonight. Uh, let, let's let's try and hit a home run here. Let's let's. For, here's our thinking: first three picks are generally underdogs or you know minus one ten. Then if we get to three and zero, then we could start throwing some heavy favorites in there. But again, as I told you, if you start your sentence with "I only won," then you're ahead of the game. Uh, our one play, and we're not limited to one, and that, that's the beauty of an open parlay. You can put one, you can put four, you can put all six in. Uh, we're going to go with one. Uh, we're going to go with Denver laying the four. Um, I don't know who's pitching for Baltimore tonight. Um, otherwise, I would throw the Stankies in there as well. But we'll keep it, uh, you know, we'll start refresh. We'll go with Denver laying the four. I don't know why they're, they're such a small home favorite against New Orleans. I mean, that, that New Orleans team does have a tendency to play better against the better competition, but normally at home, not on the road. Um, tempted to throw Minnesota the Wild in there as well. They're almost minus 140, but uh, that's more, you know, they're 14-1 and one their last 15 games. You know what? Let's do it. Why not? Eh, we're in a good mood. Uh, we won last night uh, with our parlay, so let's throw the Wild in there as well. Minus 140. The team is 14-1. and one. Their last 15 home games. And we're getting them at minus 140 against St. Louis, you know, which is fighting for a playoff spot, but it's always Minnesota as far as seeding. So we'll do two. Why not? Denver, um, Denver, you know what we'll do? We'll split those. There you go. We'll start uh, parlay number 12 with the Nuggets, and then we'll go 16, number 13 with uh, the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, I like that a lot. Okay, so we're set on that. Our uh, pyramid uh, plays yesterday. Dopey Celtics cost us. I tell you that that's it. I, I don't care. The Celtics could be pick them against Topeka High. 
Uh, you mark it down right now, uh, 6.50 at uh, April 28th. I'll never put another suggestion on Boston the rest of the way. Never. I don't care who they're playing. I don't care what the line is. I don't care. Uh, they could be playing Topeka High, and it could be Pick'em uh, at, uh, at home, and I'm not doing it. So they cost us last night, last time. Karis Leverts, you know, this guy scores 25 points every game. And, and for the second time, we played him, and uh, he doesn't get over his, his total. He had a lousy game. Lousy meaning 16 points. So that was a loser. Uh, hit with the Stankies. Hit with the Rangers. Sid the Kid uh, didn't even have a shot on goal last night against the Bruins. Very surprised. So we, we lost on that, that two and a half for, for him. And then if you were only, only, only playing one, the Rangers, so we won on that. So still 10 games over 500 with our NBA plays. Uh, NHL plays a plus 370, playing only one, 10 games over 500 for a plus 550. And uh, our NHL prop, a little bit of a setback, but we're still 21 and 12 for a plus 790 uh, on that. So uh, we're all set. As far as, again, today, Denver laying four against New Orleans in the NBA. We're going to go over Michael Porter. Uh, he has uh, been an offensive machine. Uh, 22 and a half is his total. Baseball, we're going to go Giants laying a buck 40 against Colorado. Uh, no way the Rockies win two in a row. Hockey, Minnesota minus the 140 against St. Louis. Uh, Denver laying four if you're going to play only one versus New Orleans. Our hockey prop, I'll post that on the website. Didn't have a chance to look at that in a lot of the lines. A lot of late games last night for some strange reason. Uh, so the combination of they weren't posted and not have a, a chance. But I'll, I will put that on the website uh, later on this morning. So follow that. Uh, as far as our uh, trend plays, NBA, we'll start there. Got a couple of them for later on tonight. Uh, first up, you got Cleveland laying two. Magic, as I mentioned in the opposite picks, three and uh, three and ten against the spread, one and twelve straight up, and you're basically getting uh, Cleveland to pick them. Under two twenty three, Lakers in Washington. Lakers seventeen seven and one under on the road this year. Uh, Knicks laying five and a half against Chicago. As I mentioned, opposite picks. Knicks, despite the loss last time out, still ten and one straight up, twelve and one against the spread their last thirteen. And then over two thirty and a half Utah and Sacramento as the Kings are nineteen and ten over at home, which is where uh, that game is. Uh, last night trends went one and two, losing with the Celtics. Losing with over Brooklyn and then winning with uh, Minnesota versus Houston. NHL trends uh, last night one and three, uh, winning with the under Islanders who are now twenty and four under on the road. That is amazing. Uh, losing with Philadelphia, Buffalo plus a goal and a half, and Detroit in a shootout tonight. Minnesota laying the buck forty against St. Louis. Wild has all has also won seven in a row. Uh, Vegas has won nine in a row, and uh, the LA Kings laying a buck sixty against Anaheim as a trend play. As the Ducks have uh, basically waved the white flag on the season, going eight and twenty-three in the last thirty-one games. All right, we'll wrap up shop next. Opposite pick, Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel Two Oh. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A couple things here before we close up shop. First up, our poll question, a little popcorn replacement radio. 
Uh, Nets officially clinched a playoff spot last night with their victory. NBA champ will be. And a uh, pretty close race. You got the Lakers getting 35, almost 35% of the vote. Nets getting almost 33. Uh, Clippers getting almost 11. And the proverbial other getting uh, 21.5% of the votes. And uh, that'll be posted all day long. So get your vote in. We'll update that to tomorrow morning before uh, we are through. A couple of stories here. First up, uh, baseball-wise. You know that uh, developmental league, the minor league, the pioneer league? That's the one Major League Baseball is using as basically a guinea pig. They're now going to implement a knockout rule. Instead of going extra innings, they're going to have a home run derby. Five pitches. I don't know you know, if it's one batter, five different batters, but each team gets five pitches. Whoever hits the most home run wins. Goofy, yes. Would Major League Baseball ever do that? I kind of doubt it, but it, you know that would be MLB's version of the shootout, like they have in the NHL. So maybe, just maybe, I, you know, again, but I doubt it. But uh, NHL, um, I thought the four-letter network owned the NHL with their new contract, but apparently not. Turner Sports is getting involved. They're going to do up to seventy-two regular season games, and then get half of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, as well. So they will host the cup finals every other year. I guess they're going to rotate with the four-letter network, which, you know, I suppose is good. But can you imagine Charles Barkley breaking down, you know, the Edmonton Oilers versus the uh, Carolina, you know, Hurricanes? Uh, I, I kind of doubt it. But you know what? He would make it entertaining, though. And here's what's wrong with college football. This really is it. Bama head coach Nick Saban on an expanded playoff telling uh, Paul Feinbaum he's not for it because uh, th- that loses the interest of the other bowls, you know, and, and they want to keep the other bowls as part of the equation. That's, you know, if you ever need more evidence to know college football is as dirty as dirty can be, that's it. You know, he doesn't want to have a realistic playoff because he wants to keep the Tangerine Bowl as part of the equation. Man, these guys have their hands in the back pockets of college football. Great job by Bo Marciante. Go to his website, college2pro.com. We'll do it all again tomorrow right here. Ops Pick Sports Good Radio.